welcome to part two of a two-part special little series we're doing on mindfulness here at the Blinkist Podcast. I'm Ben Schumann-Stoller, and I'm joined today by internet superwoman, Caitlin Schiller. Da-da! <laughs> everybody. Own, just make up your own call, like call sound. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Somebody has to. All right, well, good. I That counts as me introducing you before <laughs> my little introduction spiel. I hope that's okay. Unless Great. there's something else you want to say about yourself to, no, to the people. No, no. Um, I don't know about Superwoman, but hi, everybody. All right. Well, you guys probably remember Caitlin from such popular Blinkist podcast episodes as the interview with David Allen. Is that even a thing? Parts one and two. And our special kind of funky rebranding episode at which Caitlin sort of appears in the episode and pivots the whole story. Ooh, I didn't realize that I had that kind of part in there. But yeah, <laughs> I like this. Um, I told you I want to do more of this. Glad to be here. I know. I hope you can I hope you can come into the studio all the time. We're going to work on it. Just right, set up camp. All right. So anyway, we're here and Caitlin's here. And we're going to do another one of these, is that even a thing? Um, specifically about mindfulness. And we're going to get into sort of why mindfulness is a thing or not. What else are we going to get into? Stress? Yeah, we'll talk about stress. Um, we'll talk a little bit about mindfulness and creativity. And then, I don't know, we'll see what we have time for. That's great. And this is going to be a short episode, but hopefully enough to um, add some meat on. I've got to talk to a couple of listeners the past couple, the past weeks, and people said they really like the length any shorter, and it doesn't feel really meaty. But I do kind of feel like there's space for a 15-minute episode or something. So we're going to try that out, and hopefully it's not too short. No. <laughs> I'm here. I talk a lot. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, before we get started, I've gotten some good feedback about the Blinkist voucher code. So we're going to keep doing that. And I've seen, actually, that like hundreds of people have redeemed it, which is... Nice. So the code for this episode is I-T-E-A-T, which is uh, stands for Is That Even a Thing? It's not just I-T. It's not I-T, <laughs> but I think that's easy to remember. Yeah, I -T -E -A -T. That's, that's the electronic farming podcast that we haven't made yet. <laughs> right. Go to Blinkist.com slash friends, type in I-T-E-A-T -E and get 14 free days, two free weeks of Blinkist. Awesome. And that's enough time to theoretically read everything in our new mindfulness and happiness category and have improved your satisfaction with life by like, I don't know, a billion percent. Results may vary. One billion percent, <laughs> which is a number. So, all right. So is that even a thing? Mindfulness. I'm going to start because I do think mindfulness is a thing. I think mm -hmm. that's without a question. Mm -hmm. Um my my only issue, I guess, is the sort of buzzwordiness of the whole thing right now. Like, I don't think that mindfulness is magic. I don't think that mindfulness is new. I don't think that mindfulness is strange. I think that probably a lot of people have been practicing mindfulness for a long time without knowing it. And because what's what I do think is new um, is why mindfulness is necessary. And that's because of stress. And I think... Um, I wrote down in my notes, mindfulness seems especially important in today's day and age because of the emergence of stress as a legitimate and dangerous threat to our health. Mm. I, I mean, you 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 made the point that it's like people need it more than ever. Now. Yeah, I think so. You know? So there's definitely too much chaos in the world. People have sort of lost control. I was just looking at the last couple podcast interviews I got to do, and everything is about regaining control of our lives. I mean, mm -hmm. everything from the sleep episode yeah. to the David Burkus talk you did, all the everything. Everybody's just kind of like, go to sleep or <laughs> put down your phone or like pay attention to the moment, essentially. And right. that's what mindfulness really is. Right. And I, I, I agree. I think mindfulness is just another way to be healthy about 
our lives. But that concept of mindfulness as performance booster mm. or path to success sort of troubles me, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about it a little bit in the first mindfulness little podcast special, The Primer. Yeah. And I am a little skeptical about the about getting into mindfulness with the idea of like making more money. I think that's kind of messed up. I think that the idea of mindfulness is more about regaining control and like a really effective way to deal with the fact that a lot of us have lost control of like the hours in the day and, and we're not enjoying it, you know? So that's sort of what I brought. Mm -hmm. And I that's why it's only took me a couple minutes. <laughs> so you have reservations about mindfulness being treated as a new thing and you have reservations about mindfulness being used as sort of an, a performance enhancing way to make more money and be more successful. Correct. Yeah. I and and I have I have reservations about people pigeonholing mindfulness mm -hmm. into a highly specific professionalized challenge mm -hmm. the way they might with like skydiving. Huh. You know, or like adventure sports. Mm -hmm. Um whereas I think you should treat it like a practice. I think you should treat it like something that something that's healthy. Mm -hmm. Um and probably you're already doing it. But what did you bring? I'll, I can get more into my things through your things, I guess. Okay, cool. We can talk about it. Um, well, what I brought is related to what you said about stress, um, but it's related to a more extreme kind of stress or the ramification of it, which is PTSD. Um, I personally think, of course, I guess we agree that mindfulness is a thing. As somebody who has a yoga practice and does do some mindfulness stuff, I do think mindfulness is a thing. But I was listening to this really wonderful podcast episode of On Being the other day in which Krista Tippett talked to um, a psychologist or psychiatrist, uh, Bessel van der Kolk, who works with people who are suffering from PTSD and over decades of this work with a specific group of people. Um, he's found that psychiatry isn't really enough. Talk therapy is great, but it doesn't really do it. Um, do it in terms of, quote, correct people or help them live with their traumas. And that's because trauma lives in the body. And it's the body and not the mind that holds on to trauma. So he uses mindful body work like yoga and meditation to help people heal. Um, he also talks about this method of measuring the integrity of your reptilian brain. Um, snake brain. Snake brain, uh, <laughs> which is how the most primitive part of your brain deals with arousal, good or bad. And it's heart rate variability. So heart rate variability is an indicator of how in sync your breath and your heart are with one another. In general, the calmer people are and the more mindful they are, the higher their heart rate variability is. So in Vanderkolk's research with the PTSD sufferers, he found very abnormal heart rate variability. So they started working with yoga teachers to see if it could help these PTSD sufferers change the heart rate variability. And it really, really did. Um, he also incorporates or incorporated this into his own practice and found that his heart rate variability improved because of yoga and meditation. Even though he hasn't undergone a trauma? Um, he has. He went through a period of, I think, intense starvation when he was younger and oh, really? held on to that. Yeah, I believe that's what, what it was. Um, yeah, so he, is, he has his own things to deal with, as most of us do, mm. but uh, found that, it's, that yoga and meditation were helpful there. He also speaks about MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction. That's just like a blanket term. Um, research going on at UMass that's shown that meditation helps with emotion regulation, perspective taking, 
and memory processing. Actually, there's a clip of it. So this is another area of research that um, I've been on the periphery of, but that's very central to my thinking. And that's research that shows that mindfulness meditation can have a very profound impact on the uh, activation of certain critical parts of your brain that help you be in charge of yourself. Yeah. Uh, so um, my colleague, Britta Hussel, a very young person still here at Harvard, uh, has done a series of studies on MBSR, the mindfulness yes. meditation technique invented by uh, John Kabat-Zinn, and finds very significant changes in the medial prefrontal cortex, which is probably the only way by which people can consciously gain control over those primitive parts of their brain. So yeah, I would say that mindfulness is definitely a thing. If it helps people suffering from PTSD just live their lives without, you know, feeling totally terrorized all the time, yeah, that's a thing. And I think that part of the reason why mindfulness is more and more talked about is that there are ways to measure its effects in yeah. a new way. Right. So in the same way that we have doctors having patients come to the emergency room with complete physical breakdowns, but no disease, nothing wrong. Mm. And the doctor asks them about their lives and they're working eight hours a week and are completely stressed out. Yeah. And that's a real, that's a real, it's becoming like a medical diagnosis now. Burnout is becoming yeah. a real thing. Well, that was never possible back, you know, in the olden days. I went hunting for too long. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But I mean, people also didn't live long enough to get to this point for to to really... I don't know. So there's like life expectancy was shorter. It was lived very differently. They didn't have like a thousand devices in their pockets to be stimulating them all right. the time. Also, so the, even the whole concept of productivity, it was like a, we fought and died for leisure time and fought for the 40 hour work week and stuff. Only now, to work 80 hours. Right, only to be more productive and send emails at 1130 at night and then get stressed out. So it is, it's definitely like a, a new phenomenon. Mindfulness is not, but the measurement of mindfulness as like doing these fMRIs, for example, and seeing the change in the brain and the and the effects that mindfulness can have on the brain. Mm -hmm. um, it actually reorganizes it and improves gray matter. Yeah. I mean, it's that's the stuff that makes me 100% positive that it is a thing. Mm -hmm. You can see it. Right. Yeah. right. And I kind of wonder, stress, did you, I think this is something that you just said, but stress is the new invention or this kind of stress. It's not mindfulness that's new. We probably lived our lives more like this back when dirt was new and we were, you know, chasing jaguars or jaguars are chasing us. <laughs> we're definitely not. <clears throat> right, we were really fast <laughs> back then. Totally. And very confident with the javelins. I also think um, there's some other applications of mindfulness. You were talking about how mindfulness is applied to the body. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like these sort of mindful athlete, mindful eating. I like these sort of applications of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not just you have to, you know, um, sit cross-legged and light incense or something. No. The whole concept of just of just being aware on it's, purpose. Yeah, it's tuning into what you're doing rather than, you know, walking to the train and being on your phone and listening to music. It's maybe doing one of those things. So you, you told me you had some notes about creativity. I did. Um, you were talking about how mindfulness shouldn't really be, or, or it's not the best idea to exploit mindfulness as sort of a productivity technique, but... Mindfulness does come into play in offices of pretty impressive big time places around the world because it is productive for people to be mindful. And one of the ways in which it is is useful for people in modern day creative and office jobs is that it, it leads to creative insights. 
like just helps people be more creative, right? Yeah. I mean, what mindfulness actually is, is the ability to really turn all of your focus onto the present without preconception or judgment and be comfortable in it. And if you think about it, that is the exact kind of brain state you want in order to address a creative problem. Mm-hmm. And if we're not able to focus and if we're not able to accept the wild ideas that come into our heads and look at them and rather than judge them, give them some time and space and see what they're about, then how can we expect to have really great creative insights? Um, so meditation can help with that. And it helps because it helps us free up the neocortex. Neocortex. The neocortex. <laughs> the new cortex. For those of you who don't speak Latin. <laughs> <laughs> From evolution. <laughs> um, so the neocortex, right, it's part of the brain that does the creative problem solving. In order for it to work really well, the level below the neocortex, which is the limbic system, the part that deals with emotions, needs to be soothed. Um, what's more, the reptile brain, snake brain, or the <laughs> earliest part that controls a uh, fight or flight response and basically just keeps you safe needs to be on standby, but not overreactive. So only once those two foundational systems of the brain are focused and quiet, can the creative problem solving part of our brains really get to work. Um, and this stuff does work. Otherwise, I don't think that big corporations like Walt Disney, General Mills, and Google, they wouldn't have these robust mindfulness programs in the office. Google's, so, Google's program, I love this. I think it's called Search Inside Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Google. But how, but so how you said like the two foundational, once like the brain, these, these important parts of the brain are focused in quiet. Mm-hmm. And is the point that mindfulness is what? makes it focused and quiet? Yeah, mindfulness is the thing that allows those things to quiet down so that the neocortex can do its work. And this is just because otherwise they're they have their hands full, so to speak, with like a thousand minor tasks and yeah. distractions all the time. They're being reactive. They're thinking about, uh, you know, their lizard brain is reacting to the loud <laughs> noise next door right. and or is more likely to instead of let you stay focused and your limbic system is all awash because i don't know you had a fight with your coworker 15 minutes ago and you can't let it go if you meditate a little bit and use a mindfulness practice to sort of let this stuff cool down then you can get back to where you need to be in order to do some creative problem solving yeah. makes I, sense it's interesting that it has impact not just when you meditate obviously or mm-hmm. when you but throughout the whole day. Yeah. If you do it enough, too, it becomes automatic. I I started practicing yoga, I guess, two and a half years ago. And one of the things that I learned about with much difficulty was was ujjayi breath, which is this loud, oceanic-sounding breath that you hear yogis doing in class that... <laughs> I won't do. I want you to the microphone because that would be really annoying. But it's right, like remove the, your headphones, everybody. Right? <laughs> it's essentially it's making as much sound with your breath as you possibly can, basically. But not just for the purpose of making sound, for the purpose of noticing what you're doing with your breathing. And I noticed after about six months of practice that when I would get in a stressful situation out in the real world, I would automatically do that. And it just happened. It took over, which was really an awesome thing for me. And it's it's funny because ujjayi breath is not really appropriate for <laughs> all the situations in life. <laughs> People are like, what is that girl doing? Yeah. <laughs> or you're behind someone in line and you do that and they're like, uh, <laughs> serial killer. Anyway. Why, why did you also mention the David Burkus interview um, mm. when we were talking about our preparation for this episode? I mentioned it because it seemed like... There was some sort of connection maybe between that creative incubation period that he talks about and okay. mindfulness. Because 
Wait, so to give some background, David Burkus is an author and professor and also podcaster. Shout out to Radio Free Leader. <laughs> hey, David. <laughs> Who wrote a book about the myths of creativity. Mm -hmm. And when we spoke for the Blinkist podcast, we spoke for like 30 minutes about one thing, which was incubation, mm -hmm. which is the point that all the research about creativity and where good ideas come from share this idea that you do the work, you think about stuff, you're like, quote unquote, creative, mm -hmm. but actually the good ideas happen once you put everything down mm -hmm. and that you already have the good ideas. Mm -hmm. They're already there. The problem is being able to pick them out mm -hmm. and recognize them mm -hmm. and then put them to work. Mm -hmm. So like the practice itself, while obviously brainstorming and coming up with as many ideas and this kind of stuff and doing research is important, the actual practice of creativity that the most creative people share is the ability to look at all of those options hmm. and pick one. And that requires like focus and clear, clear sightedness, clearness, mm -hmm. clarity, mm -hmm. something with clear. Cl yeah. <laughs> Claritatum, claritas. I can give you the Latin declinations. Neo. <laughs> Neo. Neo from David Burkus. Sorry, David Burkus. Um, right. Yeah, that, and it made me think about the commonality there, the thread that I was noticing, if there even is a thread, is um, this idea of stillness because creative incubation happens when you're doing something else. And often that place will be in the shower. It can even be when you're taking a nap in that like twilight phase. And it's because your brain, those parts that are really busy, this uh, the limbic system and good old snake brain, they're not busy with things. And mindfulness sort of institutes a similar kind of quietness and stillness as this creative incubation period. I'm not totally sure the connection here is... is <laughs> clear and valid, but it seems like there's something there. Well, the thing that I get is you keep saying the brain needs to have, the brain needs to like chill out yeah, in yeah. order to do what it what it's actually capable of doing. And this is another thing about that we've sort of gone away from, which is the brain is not a hard drive. Mm, and yeah. it's a, it's like a computational thing. It's a, it's an incredibly powerful thinking device. Mm -hmm. It's not just to store stuff and to deal with little easy problems all the time. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And so the people who can actually use the power of what the brain is capable of are the people who are able to like give it its space to to work. Shut that stuff off and out. So it's like a combination double whammy of David Allen <laughs> offload all of your stuff into a getting things done style system and also being able to meditate and right. quiet your brain down so you can do the most creative good with the wonderful computational device you have. So is mindfulness a thing? Mindfulness is definitely a thing. I wonder what our, our listeners use as mindfulness practices. Write us. Write us. Tell us about it. Email us at podcast at Blinkist.com. Actually, Caitlin gets those emails too. I do. But I do all the responding because Caitlin's too busy, like, working. <laughs> <laughs> I read them, though. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Occasionally cock an eyebrow and then I go back to whatever <laughs> I was doing. All right. Yeah. If well, you want to be judged by me, you can write us there. Right. Or just write, <laughs> this is only for Caitlin and the subject, so I'll just delete it before she can see. <laughs> just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the outro, unless there's anything else you want to say. No, I think that especially as a new parent, you should develop your own mindfulness practice, Ben. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just snuck it in there at the end. All right, join us in three years when we discuss how being a parent made Ben more mindful. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, Odie, cue up that outro music. Let me hear that guitar. Thanks for listening to the Blinkist Podcast. 
Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very, very much to Caitlin Scheller for joining me in studio, which is not Latin. In studio. Studium, studiorum. No. <laughs> Can someone call in and decline that for us, please? <laughs> and of course to Odie, um, who would always choose a sun-dried tomato over a fresh one. Don't forget to use code ITEAT, I-T-E-A-T, at Blinkist.com slash friends to get 14 free days of Blinkist. Hooray! And we will be back with some interviews again in the next weeks. So um, definitely write in if you liked or did not like sort of getting away from interviews and more Ben Caitlin time plus Ben author time. Um, curious to hear what you think. Anyway, Caitlin, any last words? None. Thanks for listening. Nice to be here. Hope that you guys have an awesome week. All right, then uh, this is Ben checking out. Checking out.